It's another Sunday night watching the superstars fight. You know it's what we love to do. Talking about NXT or WWE, and we can't forget about AEW. Viewers' choice on the North South Coast. Viewers' choice on the North South Coast. Viewers' choice on the North South Connection. North South Connection podcast <laughs> listening audience. I, look, we're gonna get through this. Welcome to Viewers Choice here. Uh, I am Tib, and I am joined as always by my good close personal friend, the Chuckle Hut himself, Marcus. Uh, we might have been joking about real life situations prior to the start of the podcast, but Marcus, are you ready to talk some crown jewel, baby? Uh, Captain Chuckles can uh, <laughs> sit to the side for this one. I'm all business, boots laced, ready to go. I'm ready At to talk seven. some crown jewel. Yeah, it's, it was uh, rather nice from, um, I forget, they must have changed the name of this stadium. Because I feel like they have not been, I would have remembered the name of this stadium for the longest time. Where is... Where was Crown Jewel at, Marcus? That, uh, Riyadh? Yes, in Riyadh. But where, like, I feel uh, as though the name of the venue has changed. I, I know you would not know about this because you do not uh, watch okay. often. So, yes, it did have a different name, but it, it underwent a name change due to sponsorship reasons. Wasn't it the Prince Abdullah Stadium? It was stadium? the King Saud University Stadium. Okay. And now it is the... Mersul Park. Uh, my uh, apologies if I am butchering that, as I probably am. It's okay. But uh, the names and geographic locations of Crown Jewel don't necessarily matter. It's more just for nerd- nerdy folk like us. But we are here to talk about uh, the action that took place at Mersul Park uh, at the Crown Jewel Premium Live Event. Uh, Marcus, do you happen to have the card in front of you? Spoiler free. Absolutely do. Let's run through this without spoilers. Uh, We have Big Bob Lashley taking on Brock Lesnar. We have the damage control of Dakota Kai and EO Sky uh, taking on Alexa Bliss and Asuka for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. We have Drew McIntyre and Karen Cross in a solid, solid steel cage match. The Judgment Day of Finn Ballard, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio taking on the OC of AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson. Brawny Strowman taking on Omas. We have the Brawling Brutes challenging the Usos for the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. Bianca Belair and Bailey fighting for the WWE Women's Championship in a last woman standing match. And in our main event, of course, we have the highly controversial... The Lightning Rod, Logan Paul taking on our tribal chief, the head of the table, the Ooh-Ah Man, Mr. Ooh-Ah-Ah, the Big Dog, the WWE Universal, Undisputed Universal, heavyweight champion of the world, Mr. Roman Reigns. You couldn't have said it better myself. Just put it all together. You're just stringing them on. It was like that scene in uh, Major League. The whole kit and caboodle. The whole. No, that's uh, Rookie of the Year, uh, isn't it? Rookie of the Year, yeah. The whole kit and caboodle. The whole ball of wax. <laughs> just putting it all together. But uh, 
neither here nor there. If it is your first time listening to us do this viewer's choice thing, let me break it down for you one time. Marcus and I are not here to tell you, like, definitively. I mean, it is very much opinionated, but we're here to help you maybe save some time on your wrestling journey, especially with an event like Crown Jewel that is polarizing enough um, for location and reason behind it. But we're here to kind of steer you in what we think is the right direction of telling you what's must watch, what's must skip, and who the MVP of the event actually is. Um, A must skip, while a must watch is absolutely for a great match, a must skip isn't necessarily a bad match. It just might be a match that does not live up to the expectations that one would put on that match leading up to it. So, think of, like, Macho Man Randy Savage and Crush from WrestleMania 10. I think that's a prime example of, while the match wasn't, like, god-awful, it definitely does not live up to the expectations that one would have expected Macho Man Randy Savage and Crush to live up to at the WrestleMania. So, with all of that said, Marcus, would you like to start with what's must-watch, what's must-skip, what do you got? Uh, what do you got on your plate? Uh, I'll go with a must-watch, um, and for me, that was the opener of Big Bob Lashley taking on Brock Lesnar. Man, this is exactly what I wanted. Uh, it's everything I need. Um, I mean, for me, like talk about <laughs> the inverted sandwich of a card. They put the meat <laughs> at the ends and the beginning. He has like the double down. Yeah. There you go. It's a KFC double down. Um, But yeah, I mean, this rocked. Um, Maybe I missed on TV or maybe it was done subtly. I'm not sure. But um, to see Brock Lesnar kind of now take the babyface role in this feud, um, I'm okay with because I think Bob Lashley does work a little bit better as a heel. But... I'm okay if they're just like two super aggressive meaty dudes. So I think that Bob Lashley going heel is specifically a Riyadh thing. Um, Cause even if you listen to like the, the introductions, the crowd was absolutely here for Bob Lashley during the intro. It just so happens that Riyadh loves Brock Lesnar and they wanted Brock to win whether he wants to or not. And that means that Bob Lashley is going to get booed when he's beating up Brock Lesnar. Um, but on television, Bob Lashley was definitely the the good guy on this. I mean, mm-hmm. Brock cost Bobby Lashley his, his United States championship. Um, so why would Brock why would Brock Lesnar be the good guy? If he's costing a good guy his United States championship, I, I don't get that. But um, I think it's just bizarro land. I think it's it's uh, Riyadh is the new Canada, you know, like, of who just, they like. yeah, they like who they like. Brock Lesnar's they're one of their big names since they can't get Yokozuna or anyone else. Allegedly, um, allegedly. Um, I, I definitely want to take I don't want to take back that joke. But I feel like I'll I'll amend it here right now. 
before we like get any farther into breaking down what's must watch and what's what's must skip, the novelty of Crown Jewel being just something special and being a money grab, I think is kind of gone. Uh, for the most part, this is not just a detour from the regular happenings of WWE. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot, like especially this iteration of Crown Jewel. There is not a lot of outside WWE forces or tapping legends to come in and do stuff. This was the most organically built with regular players, uh, Crown Jewel or or Saudi show in a long time. Um, I know when the Saudi shows first happened. There was a lot of I know specifically a couple people who were like, well, I'm not going to watch because WWE is not going to be allowed to do women. And like blah, blah, like not blah, blah, blah and being distasteful, but just skipping through the point, the valid point that's being made of they get there and they can't even present their full product because of whatever. Come to Crown Jewel. You've got a women's tag team title match. You've got a women's specialty match. You've got Rhea Ripley costing or getting involved in a three-on-three men's match. You've got Scarlett getting involved in a cage match. Women are being featured mightily. Right. They're giving the the entirety of the... Not the entirety, but they're giving... Uh, as much of the WWE um, TV experience uh, without really the know, only making thing, much of a detour. The only thing they're not giving is that they have to wear body, full body suits. And like, I understand. I understand that that's, there's something to that. But in the culture that's there, whether you agree to it or not, whether it's your cup of tea or not, WWE is meeting the rules, meeting the expectations, the societal norms, the cult, the, the culture there and going beyond what people would have expected from a show in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, they've I think and I think it started last year because that was like the King of the Ring one. The yeah, the crown. Yeah, the crown jewel with the double tournament. Yeah. Um. So I think really starting with that one, they made it. A lot harder to canically skip the show, mm-hmm. the the Saudi Arabia shows, um, and they've made them a lot more linear with the TV product. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's something to it. it. Was like the first year or two, it was almost like you could skip these shows. They were like almost apart from what you were seeing on WWE TV, and now they are still major bullet points along the quote unquote road to WrestleMania throughout the entire year. And I'm glad you mentioned that road to WrestleMania because this Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley match is a very, very early pavement of the road to WrestleMania. Like I can absolutely see from this match being a not an immediate run back. But, you know, Survivor Series is going to happen. Brock Lesnar's not going to be around. 
Brock and Bobby get involved in the Royal Rumble. They take mm. each other out, and it takes us to WrestleMania in Los Angeles. Brock, Bobby, WrestleMania, the three. Bobby's up one. Brock's up one. Put the big meaty men against one another with the lights on bright in Hollywood. I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. And 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 to to tell me that you would see something at Crown Jewel that would po- would probably be something that leads to WrestleMania, absolutely insane. But the match itself, fantastic. Yeah, tons of aggression from Bobby Lashley. Brock selling better than he sells in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost as if he's motivated and happy. I don't <laughs> get it. I'm not used to happy Brock. I'm I'm used to grouchy, unmotivated Paul Heyman Brock. He seems like he's genuinely having like the time of his life uh, the last year or so. Well, he gets and to maybe wear a cowboy because they let him be cowboy cowboy Brock. <laughs> right, he gets to like wear the beard and have the Viking braid and do all the the meat stuff and like all that fun stuff. But Brock is Brock is legit great. And yeah. uh, this match, this match is exactly what you need to start off the show. Without question. Um, I'm going to go with a must skip. Throw it on me. And you're probably going to disagree with me. But I'm doing it because I'm putting it there because to me it did not meet expectations. But Bianca and Bailey. Last woman standing. Um, while it was fun, and it was it was a solid match. My WWE brain thinks back to Brock Lesnar lifting a ring off of the ground at SummerSlam in a Last Man Standing match. Mm-hmm. And to me. I mean, we talked about it ad nauseum across the entire North-South connection. I remember listening to Clotheslines and Headlines with Ryan and team and talking about how that should have been the last, last man standing match ever. Ever. Never going to do it again. And I understand that this matchup with Bailey and, and Bianca needed a match of finality. Something or or a match with higher stakes, considering they've already done the multi-person match at, at, at Clash of the Castle. They did the la- the ladder match at the uh, Extreme Rules. You need something else to go a little above and beyond. But Last Man Standing's not it. Last Man Standing's to me, Last Man Standing's are extremely difficult to do. Right. And my problem is. That the trope, the 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 WWE way to win a last man standing match is not beat somebody so bad they can't get up after 10. Mm-hmm. It is find a way to trap them. Right. Looney Tunes, Roadrunner, Action beep, Adventure, beep, beep. beep. Um you got to hog tie somebody. You got to bury somebody under rubble. You got to pin somebody in a ladder and stick it underneath the bottom rope. And I just, to me, 
within the confines of the match that's there. Perfectly fine. But for me, 20 minute match, there's 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 glimpses of greatness throughout the entirety of the match. But on the whole, I would rather skip it, especially since without like without going into spoiler territory. It goes the way you would probably think in your head this would go. Yeah. There's no shock. There's no awe. It's kind of chalk. Yep. And um, I, I think possibly if the outcome were reversed, I would be singing a different tune. But because super, super Bianca has to be super Bianca. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying I'm sick of Bianca as champion. Right. I think I'm more ready for Bailey to be champion, even if it's a flop, like a flip flop. Right. I, I, for me to get sick of like a kind of like a powerhouse champion, it's when they're beating the same challenger over and over again. And like, well, this that's is, what we've seen. Yeah, um, especially one on one. The only time Bailey's ever been able to beat her clean or not even clean, but it was three on one. Yeah, at the um, at the Clash of the Castle. Yeah, and like she picked up the vic the pinfall victory over Bianca on Raw, thanks to Nikki Cross, no longer a superhero. Which I don't know how you feel about the superhero character kind of going away, but uh, I um I feel like the replacement is not greater than. I think it's even. It's lateral. I think it's worse. Really? Didn't recognize her when she came out. I'm like I I think that's that's because it's it's you mean in the raw segment or you mean tonight or today? Both. Well, I understand today than the tag team match. Yeah. Because it, it's Riyadh and you know cultural Sure, I just um Yeah, if uh if they're going to have a different I guess what? This will be a fourth presentation of Nikki Cross that we've seen since her NXT days. Right. Uh, Cause there's, there's sanity Nikki. Then there was Nikki Alexa. Mm-hmm. Then there's almost a superhero and then almost a super villain, but they sure, never really yeah. do with the, the black Nikki yeah, ASH get much run. Um, I really think that they could have gotten some legs out of that. Yeah. Um, I think Dewdrop might be injured, which is why oh, not that might have gone away. That's a bummer. Um, I don't know, because she just hasn't been around, so I'm just yeah. curious as to why she hasn't been around. Um, but Did yeah. Dewdrop get married? I don't no, think so. No, maybe. I must have. I mean, Seamus did. Fake news. Okay. Um, Tim, I got another musket. Uh-huh. Oh, don't. Please don't. Please not. Oh, we're going to get into it, buddy. <laughs> Sure. Go ahead. Drew McIntyre versus Killer Carrying Cross. That's not fair. Drew McIntyre was sick. He had the flu. He had man bear pig flu. And he's out there. He's trying his best. Carrying Cross is trying his best to carry this big, this big sick man mm-hmm. through a cage match. Mm-hmm. Scarlet trying her best. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just wasn't in the cards. That's all we have to talk about. Just unfortunate. Next, what else is much? Well, you're not ready to go. You're not off the hook that easily, my friend. What do you mean I'm not off the hook? This is just not for me. This is just not for me. 
Um, I feel like it might be the matchup. I feel like it might just be the matchup. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want people to throw the baby out with the bathwater yet. Uncarrying Cross and Scarlet. How many baths you need? Well, when they stop taking the bath with the same guy, he wasn't fighting him in NXT. It was. It was already in NXT. Nobody was watching. <laughs> no, it was no, fun. He was NXT no. champion. Fallen prey. Yeah, he was great. Oh man, he was beating people up. Oh, what does he do? He's wrestling little vanilla midget Adam Cole. Oh man. He's fighting the other vanilla midget, Johnny Gargano. Lovingly, lovingly vanilla midgets. I love I love both of them. Maybe one way, way more than the other. I'm just not I don't know, man. This uh What just no, talk, nothing just, talk just nothing nothing uh, just nothing clicks or makes sense. And like, I've seen Killer Karen Cross's impact work, and I thought he was good in impact. Right. And just why hasn't that translated at all in NXT or WWE? I don't know. I, I guess I, I I think there is still some meat on the bone. There's some there's some fruit on the vine. I don't want to go scorched earth yet. Like he's, he is a, I, he's a presentation. He is a piece. I need focus. Like, right. I I'm cool still need focus. What is he? What is his purpose? The answer has been time. What the F do you mean? It's what not is time. That? It's they not said time. It today. They said it today. He is time. They said it. Well, I, I he's just, not time. I, I, I need some focus. Um, he's the end of time. He, he's he's the. They said that too. They said yeah. that too. Yeah. So again, I need some focus. That's the focus. No. <laughs> I get it. If W look, if Adam, if if Michael Cole and and Wade Barrett, if they can't figure out what he is, then that's on them, and they need to work on that in the production meeting. I think it's fairly clear. That Carrion Killer Carrion Cross. I have to use his full government name. I'm very sorry. Mm-hmm. Killer Carrion Cross is the personification of Doomsday. What is that? When he, when you face him, your time is up. It's it's over for you. Twice now for Drew McIntyre, and he seems to have survived both times. So well, he lost the first time. Mm-hmm. But what could have what could have a hero is he if he just goes down? Thanos was a pretty sweet villain, but then the Avengers came back twice. Like, what do you want? Villains don't just kill people. What a do you little, want? A little spray, a little flammable to the eyes, huh? Yeah, when the mace was pretty sick, she sprayed, she maced the ref. That's pretty sweet. Uh, Come on. No, don't. If, if you're going to go that route. Yeah. Where we've Spo- got the loaded Gucci bag, pretty much. Yeah, the lo- loaded, loaded, loaded Louis Vuittons. Then I need him to go. It's a Louis Vuitton. Full on Memphis, baby. Fireballs, running people over with cars. That is band well, pile drivers. Okay, here's the thing. In this feud alone, Scarlet almost shot Drew McIntyre in the face with a fireball. Drew McIntyre ran carrying cross over with a car. 
You're getting the Memphis playbook. So what else do you want? I want it to be good. Well, I look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you guys need to watch Drew McIntyre and Carry, Killer Carrying Cross with Scarlet in a cage match. You know why? You, you shouldn't. Because it wasn't it wasn't super great. I'm here to speak on the futures of Killer Carrying Cross and not the present. That this match did lack something for me, but I am foreseeing the futures. I'm playing the I see an opportunity in Killer Carrying Cross. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I see Tim, a future have- I see a future king of the ring. That's where we're Kill- going, huh? Killer King Carrying Cross. <laughs> We're going to just keep adding K's. He's going to be like Hideo Nomo in his prime. Just a bunch of K's out there. Tim, do you have anything else that's must watch or must skip? I think there's only one other thing to talk about on this entire card. That's um, worth that's worth talking about for me. If you if there's something else for you. There is. There is. I'm one cool. more thing. One more thing. Yeah. Um, I just want to touch real quick on Rhea Ripley. And when we started this podcast, yes, we were very down on Rhea Ripley and her stock. My man, they and she did some work. And the longer that she is not wrestling and the more that she is just working on being a character her stock just continues to rise and it's to the point where like, I don't even want to see her in the Royal rumble if she's not going to win it. Right. When she fully reenters the women's division Mm -hmm. and becomes a weekly competitor, she'll need to be having weekly matches, man. Um, Not at all. They have not even just rebuilt. Um, but they have something different. Um, They've renovated. Renovated. There we go. She has been fully renovated. It it does say something to the stock of Rhea Ripley that not only is she, they mentioned it on commentary, the de facto leader of the Judgment Day, when also in the Judgment Day is former first ever universal champion and possessor of a demon, the Balor club himself, Finn Balor. Balor club is for everyone. And the Damien priest, the archer of the infamy, the Bowman infirmary. infirmary. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, he's respectable now. Okay. NXT carry NXT. Damien priest. Go away. WWE Damien priest. Mm-hmm. Streets are talking. But not only is she the leader of the Judgment Day, she has literally made single-handedly, I would say, she has turned Dominic Mysterio yep. from being a laughing stock to a focal point in everything. Yeah. Kudos to Dom for steering into the skid. <laughs> Because I, I don't think he has control of the car. No, you're right. You're he right. He doesn't yeah. have control of the car, but he knows enough. He's like, oh, I'm on ice. I got to turn. <laughs> okay. And, and and every time Rhea's whispering, she's just like, 
Just go with it. And that's it. Turn the wheel left. Just <laughs> So to go right, I got to turn left? <laughs> yes. Yes, Dom. Um, but the Judgment Day is so much fun. More fun than... If you looked at the trajectory of the Judgment Day since its inception, Judgment Day was really booty. Then it was really great. And then Finn Balor took over. And then it was real booty again. And then they bumped it up. And now Dom Mysterio is in it. And now the Judgment Day is higher than it was before. Yeah. I'm just, I don't get it. I don't get it. It, Again, it, but it's I guess awesome. focus. It's focus. Um, and it, like you said, they skidded into it. Um, I don't think it's maybe necessarily by design, but uh, just the presence that Rhea Ripley has and, and commands. Um, yeah, fully renovated. Can't wait to uh, see her back in the women's division. But at the same time, I can because when she's there, she's just going to beat everybody and get the belt. And we don't need to rush to that. Um, keep making her special. Um that is all I have to say about that. The match is not a must uh, watch, but Rhea Ripley's, like you said, renovation, um, definitely worth checking out. Um, I'll ask another question because we're, we're talking about renovation, renovation projects. Um, I feel like we would be doing a disservice, especially to the listening audience who, 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 checks us out and wants to know everything that went on and the, the notable, the, the potent potables and the notables, the Bray Wyatt segment mm-hmm. at uh, the crown jewel. Um, I kind of got lost in the middle of this pay-per-view premium live event. And when I knew it was Bray Wyatt time, I kind of refocused. I pulled, I pulled the wrench out and I tightened up the screws and the bolts and the nuts and whatnot. And this promo was interesting. I think we're starting to get a little more. uh, We're starting to see more of the edge in the character, the maniacal edge of the character. Um, the first time Bray Wyatt actually acknowledges the fact that he is a part of the Wyndham family without mm. actually saying the Wyndham family. Um, but I am very, if I were to quote uh, a, a, a beloved character in both of our lives outside of wrestling, CC, I'm very intrigued. Like I really love, I still love what's going on. If you even piggyback that off of the small segment they did on SmackDown mm-hmm. with the backstage segment and just Bray at odds with himself fighting himself. I'm very curious as to where like the rabbit man is and where Uncle Howdy is and all that stuff. But has this promo did this did this segment on the the PLE did it change your mind or did it take did it add points onto the futures of Bray Wyatt or did this subtract and now you're just like you're just coming out here to come out here 
I understand him being out there. Um, they want to pull out all the stops for uh, the big Saudi shows. Um, did I feel like this progressed anything or served any purpose whatsoever? No. Um, I understand that uh, whatever uh, infrastructure is being set up for this Bray Wyatt character slash characters to exist in. It's going to take time. It's going to be given time. Um, I mean, I get it. I feel like I've been getting it. Um, there was this Uncle Howdy, and he seems to be the maniacal edge to uh, Bray Wyatt. And cool, what's next? Um, I feel like it's been the same thing about three or four times now. Let's keep the story moving. Um, because at the end of the day, this is wrestling, and where's this heading? So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I can see that. I think that they're gonna get a lot of like they'll get more legs. They'll get more legs out of this and the live events. Like every SmackDown he shows up, he can do this, and the live crowd's gonna eat it up. But the TV product, they may need to do more vignettes to to drive the story along. But I feel like having him do the the lantern walk and the the diatribe in the middle of the ring with the light and the dark or the, the, the blue and the red lights and everything. I think there's a place for that. Sure. And that's what they should have been doing with the fiend. Right. And they rushed the fiend into, into wrestling. And that's another thing though, in the promo that he cut tonight or this afternoon on a crown jewel, he talked, he, he very, he candidly talked about the feet. Well, he said a lot of stuff without actually like pointing the finger on, on like defining what it was, mm-hmm. but referring to the monster in the mask and creating the monster, but and then thinking he could peel away from the monster, but he couldn't. And I just, it is to me as a person who enjoys character development, a character acknowledging their past in such a way that it's referential and like as great as the fiend was in time now with 2022 vision recognizing for himself that the fiend is a problem. Like that's, that's kind of cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a fan of all the fiend lore, the, the Bray Wyatt lore and everything, check out the promo. It's going to be out there in full. Like WWE puts all those promos out pretty much uncooked, uncooked, uh, not uncooked. I can't, I cannot even, why can't I say like, uh, like I, I, am, I am a fan. I'm not in and out. Like <laughs> I am a fan of wrestling. I watched Monday night raw. I know it's uncooked, uncorked and uncensored. No, it's un, un, uncooked, uncooked, uncut, uncut and uncensored. uncensored. Maybe that's my problem is I thought it was corked cork and cut can put to cuck cut maybe uncooked uncut uncensored they put it on neither here nor there five star main event right I'm gonna rewatch it before going a full five on it I'm um, not. 
I'm at least at four and a half though. Uh, the most much swatched thing in the history of all of Crown Jewel, Roman Reigns, and Logan Paul. Um, I I'm giving the full five. I feel as though if I watch it again, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose part of the luster. Um, because I'm gonna be looking for I'm gonna be looking for the nitpicks. Mm. Um, but in the moment. Whatever you have to say about Logan Paul, Logan Paul is wrestling's Kanye West wrestling's uh, I'm trying to think of other like not Kanye West today, not Kanye West today. But what I'm getting at is people who Kanye had always been a, a tad on the problematic, but separate being able to separate man from art man from product i don't necessarily care what i do now in kanye like as being a kanye fan previously you know there is a bridge too far kanye's gone there but that's not the point even before he went a bridge too far there were people who were done with kanye but for me, I didn't care what Kanye the person did. I waited for Kanye's music because Kanye in the in the studio doing music, that is where he's his purest self. Not not missing up his meds and being crazy and, and talking outside of his mouth and being very problematic and hurtful towards a plethora of people's. But Logan Paul has a very similar polarizing outlook from mm. people before you even see him in the ring. There are people who are like, ah, Logan Paul, he's cool. Or, oh, Logan Paul, he is a piece of garbage. Right. Most people have an opinion about him before the bell even rings. Correct. Yeah. There has n- in the wrestling sense, I am hard pressed to find an example of someone who at match three of their career, especially in a high profile match three, perform at such a high level beyond his years beyond his experience we we kind of could tell from wrestlemania that logan paul was he was a, a wwe superstar kind of at heart and then the singles match at summerslam captivated more people with him versus the miz this solidifies him even more that if Logan Paul wanted to do this full time, he could. He could be better than like. I would say he's already better than half the people on the like. That's tough to say, but giving a spectacle, giving a performance. There's few people like seeing this match wants me to see him. Go against other spectacular performers Mm. 
and that he can hold his own. Like case in point, going back to Dominic Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio is the last person we've seen in WWE quote unquote, have their first match. We'll say like Mm -hmm. Dom Mysterio had his first match for in the eyes of the WWE during the pandemic era. Okay. Granted, he might've had some indie matches and he could have done some other stuff too. But Logan Paul in three matches is beyond where Dominic Mysterio was or is from like two years of experience. And Dominic Mysterio is born into the business and Logan Paul is an entertainer and an athlete. Um, but also kudos to Roman Reigns, man. Like Logan Paul can only look this good if he's got somebody there with him that can hold his end of the bargain. And I don't want to take anything away from the spectacular performance that Logan Paul had, but Roman Reigns is that guy. And this, he, Roman keeps having matches like this. And I feel more sure in my mind and in my heart that I am perfectly cool with when, when the GWWE list comes out at the end of the year and I submit my ballot and Roman Reigns is number one on my list. Keep giving me these matches. Give, give me performances like this where Roman Reigns is pulling out great matches with people who don't, who, who shouldn't be having matches of this caliber. You, you said it exactly. Um, some things that separate the all time greats for me are what matches or what match do you have that is with somebody who, uh, one is not in your league, but two, not only do you pull them up, um, but you pull them up and you both exceed the expectations. And I mean, this this did more than like exceed expectations, man. This, um, I mean, this just, just went miles and miles ahead, uh, of anything that could have been projected. I think like I even, I think was on the higher end and I was like, I'll pencil in it at four before we even get started. I had all the faith and confidence that now from the two Logan Paul matches I've seen, I know he can go. I know he's got his big spectacle bumps. He's got the frog splash. He's got a lot of stuff there. Um, and I know Roman Reigns is, is that dude. Uh, he is operating at a level right now that is on par with anybody that you would consider to be an all-time great. This run of Roman Reigns, I'm not saying it is better than, because I think once you get into the stratosphere, they're all equal, and you can kind of take your pick. He is as good as Brett 97. He is as good as Austin 99, 98-99. He is as good as Rock 2001-2002. Flair 89. Whatever run of people you want to pick of them being at their peak, Roman Reigns is in that conversation uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Yeah, this this was fantastic. I bit several times. Uh, I did not think it was outside of the realm of possibility that we saw a new WWE Universal Champion on this night. 
when <laughs> when there was one big falsy. The frog splash? No. The the not the Superman punch. What did what oh when Logan um Logan hit the two lucky shots uh-huh. in a row. The one lucky shot that cracked the paint of Roman and oh, Roman goes up. down. And if you're if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, like when Logan hit Roman, I immediately thought of like Negan hitting Abraham. It's like, oh, taking it like a champ. And like Roman's like, okay, you could tell he got his paint cracked, but he's still kind of there. Then he comes back and Logan pops him again and drops him. And Logan immediately drops for the cover. I'm like, this is it. And as soon as he kicked, like as soon as we had the big kick out, I'm literally laying in bed watching on my iPad going, got the vapors like um um colonel robert parker about to go into war games <laughs> just like cannot handle it um but logan paul was that guy and the overbooking was perfect sure was uh, i think there's some comparisons be made to over the edge 98 uh with the overbooking yes uh a lot straight from the playbook <laughs> of uh austin and dude love um everybody delivered uh i want to jump to the point that we had talked about in a uh, group chat uh and i will let you take it there as to uh who the blood ru- bloodline runs through there is without question the bloodline runs through solo sokoa um he he was presented this night as the equal like the equalizer mm-hmm didn't even touch anybody. Just walked out. Roman, who is greatness on another level, God mode. Even he has a fixer. And it's Solo Sokoa. In a way, WWE is putting Solo Sokoa ahead of Roman Reigns. I mean, even when Solo Sokoa debuted... He debuted because the elders of the tribe sent Solo to help Roman because Roman needed Solo. Roman, who has smashed and stacked and pinned everybody in his path, needed someone like Solo Sokoa. And then even after the match, it's a very small thing. And I know we caught it in the group chat. But Roman's down, he's selling the jaw, he gets hyped, he's yelling at the ring, and he's got the red lay in his hand. And he hands the lay to Solo. The only other person who's had the hold of that in in even temporary possession is Paul Heyman, right? Yeah. And Paul Heyman's using it at ringside like rosary beads. But he hand, he willingly hands the symbolism of being the tribal chief to Solo to hold in guardianship while Roman is legit down and hurt. Even if it's like a small thing and I'm looking too far into it, 
there's so many spider web connective tissues here that just I feel like Mac from Always Sunny just tying the stuff on the board. Just like it's all here. It's all here. So when Roman's when Roman's gone, that bloodline's gonna flow right through Solo Sokoa. And it's gonna keep on going. Mr. Tim. Yes, sir. I would like to buy some stock. I'm first. I would like Nope, you were first on Roman. I'm calling solo first. I I would like <laughs> to invest all of my chips, all my investments here. WrestleMania in Philly. Solo Roman. Solo versus Roman. Okay. Um do you think the WWE can hold off and wait another year plus for that? I do. Does Roman hold on to the titles that long? Has to. Has to. I'm, I'm smiling. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Members of that nightmare narcotic. I'm I'm sorry. But we're under new management. Um, <laughs> you know, if if the people that had hooked up the narcotic <laughs> into the WWE body were still in charge. I would still say the plan is the plan. And at WrestleMania in LA next year, there's no discussion. Um, But since then, plans change, pal. We are under new management. And um, yeah, today really cemented it for me. The fact that he was the exclamation point in a segment involving these podcasters that I'm too know, too old to know who they are. The Paul brothers. Mm-hmm. The, those, the, the two guys that the Usos beat up are, I don't know their names either, but they are the two guys who co-host the uh, impulsive podcast. So, uh, Logan Paul cronies, Logan cronies. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, involving the Usos and Paul Heyman. And of course our tribal chief Roman reigns solo Sokoa is the exclamation point. Um, and it was only yeah. until solo came out that all the King's horses and all the King's men came out to keep solo Sokoa from hurting Jake Paul. And just his presence alone gave was the enough. Us- gave the Usos enough time to recover, to, to surround Jake Paul, which was enough time for Logan to see that his brother was in trouble. Logan makes the save on his brother which just gives Roman enough time to load it up. Spuya. Superman punch spear. One, two, three, five stars. I'm, I don't stack. I don't care. Five stars. So, um, yeah, this is this is must watch. Uh, this is a uh, career match for Roman, uh, not just because of the quality, but because of the task that was put in front of him and how he delivered. And I'm not saying that he was in there with a scrub by any means, by any stretch. Right. Cause um, Logan, Logan held his own man without question. Logan did the thing without question. And so. he, like, I feel like it from uh anchor man when uh West man tooth has Ron Burgundy at the top of the ladder coming out of the, the, the pit 
and he's like, I hate you. With every fiber in my being, I hate you. But damn it, do I respect you. That's like the wrestling, like the, the wrestling public giving props to Logan Paul just for tonight and pulling him up. And then after he's back, he's like, you know what? That was really cool. You suck, but that was cool. Like, give him his pro- give him his flowers, give him the props he deserves. It was a it was a fantastic match. He outkicked his coverage fantastically. Five stars. Curious to see where Uncle Dave puts this. I'm sorry that he. I'm sorry Logan Paul doesn't have a torn peck and it wasn't in Hell in a Cell. He did have a torn uh, ACL, MCL. It had to have been from that giant cane punch spot, right? Where, like, he plants. Possibly. Like, he plants and pops. Didn't catch it in real time. Logan Logan said it happened in the middle of the match. Okay. That's, like, the only thing I can think of where he would have planted and, like, done something to his knee. E. I blew up my knee. This is the finish. Marcus, speaking of the finish, who's our MVP of the night? Going chalk. The tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Um, I'm going to go the opposite side of the coin. I think the MVP is Logan Paul. Um, yes, I give credit where credit is due to Roman Reigns. But Logan Paul exceeded expectations. And while Roman Reigns was there to carry the load and make, make Logan great, Logan had to do... Roman Reigns was going to give Logan Paul every opportunity to be great, and Logan was great and beyond. Um, so I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my praise to Logan Paul as the MVP. Let us know whether we're right, whether we're wrong at TNM Shows on Twitter, uh, in the comments on the uh, Podbean site, NorthSouthConnection.podbean.com, uh, for this and so many other podcasts on the network. Um, the next time we'll be back here for viewers' choice will be AEW full gear in two weeks time. And then the week after that, we'll be here for the Thanksgiving weekend delight of Survivor Series War Games. Uh, So we're going to be doing some back-to-back heavy-duty work. Uh, JT better put in the the little... uh, budgetary notes we're gonna get some extra overtime i mean weekend is already time and a half and now we're talking holiday weekend too Mm. he's gonna have to more he's gonna have to take out one mortgage what two mortgages what maybe even a third mortgage to get to get viewers choice off the ground but the money will get there and we'll make it work so we thank you guys for following us around. Thank you for listening to us. Um, thank you for uh, your continued listenership to everything on the North South Connection. If you enjoyed what we do here, check us out on our other podcast, Final Wrestling Place, uh, over at the soon-to-be-named network, soon-to-be-namednetwork.com. Um, but uh, where Marcus and I take the nouns of professional wrestling to sign arbitrary red points and green points and put them in either the good place or the bad place, this month the month of november um we are building our good place and bad place hall of fames long time coming long time coming tables turn around one of us is going down it ain't going to be nice so with all that said uh thank you for listening to viewers choice and always remember 
the choice is yours. T and M.